We are back for a brand new episode of Train Wreck tonight, Phase One edition with Maniac and two very special guests. Show sponsor Amherst Alehouse. Back open, your favorite spot in the North Towns, available for takeout right now. Going with a soft opening only Thursday through Sundays, but make sure you're ordering. 4 to 8 p.m., they're open. It's a limited menu, but it's all of your favorite items. Amherst Alehouse, 716-625-7100. Tell them Maniac sent you. Now, folks, these are two very train wreck OG guys we're talking about right now. We got Joe Licata and Paul Peck. How are you guys doing tonight? And we'll start with Paul. Doing great, you know. I mean, uh, doing great. Glad you guys could have me on, you know. Anytime we, you know, this now, anytime we get a chance to talk about sports, like, I'm up for it, man. I haven't done enough of it the last couple of months. Yeah, I'm doing well, too. It's the same, same kind of situation. Anytime you get a chance to talk sports, talk anything fun to get your mind off of staying inside the house, it's, uh, it's a great thing to do. But it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. I said it when sports went away. When they finally come back, I will never take a midnight Pac-12 blowout for granted again. I am all over any live sports action that's happening ever, Al. As producer Burr says, stay happy, stay healthy, stay thirsty. So, guys, Joe, Paul, what are you guys doing? What is, what, Paul, what is your day-to-day -day like during this quarantine? Well, actually, the guys at UB have uh, have been using me to do a lot of stuff like this, a lot of interviews with coaches and players. So about half of my day is kind of where I'm sitting now on in front of the camera. I'm like, I've become like this Zoom expert, but it's actually been a lot of fun. Um, we just started today doing a lot of football alum interviews. Joe, you're on the list there, but uh, I've talked to guys like Naja Johnson and Drew Haddad today. So we're going to do that, you know, to help the coaches with a little bit of recruiting. Uh, tools so been doing a lot of this and then other than that just uh i don't know looking for ways to stay busy now the weather's nice i can go work on my lawn and do some household chores but other than that just kind of finding stuff to watch and hanging out awesome how you doing joe i'm doing well uh you know i get up in the morning and i do stuff for school over at time and i'm either doing some social media stuff or reaching out to kids seeing how they're doing um hosting some some zoom meetings as well uh, also doing some athletic director Zoom meetings, trying to figure out what's gonna, what the fall is going to look like, what our next, next steps to getting back to normalcy is going to look like. Um, and then I've uh, been binging some, some shows. I've been uh, getting outside, riding my bike a lot, walking. I can't really run anymore. My old uh, football body. Anymore? Really anymore, Joe? Well, you know, <laughs> I never could. You're right. He's always a very upright runner. <laughs> I was. But you know what? My, my joints just don't work like that anymore. So um, I can't really do the whole long-distance running thing. So sticking to the bike. All right. So I wanted to ask you guys and a few questions. Joe, you just said you're, you know, you're binge-watching some shows. So first question for you guys. Start with Paul. Favorite snack during quarantine? Swedish fish. Wow. Like since since I was a little kid, my grandparents used to bring it. Used to come over every Friday night. Used to bring a bag of Swedish fish. That's that's my thing, man. I, I am all about the binging a big uh, a, a big bag full of Swedish fish. Except you can't now. It's harder to get because there's no more bulk section like at <laughs> Wegmans or anything. So like I'd go in there and load up a couple pounds of it, and you know it's just it's not the same. I miss it. Yeah. Two questions, Paul. Are you a little Swedish fish guy, or do no. you like the bigger, the chunkier? Got to go with the big. The little ones stink. You got to go with the big ones. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And then on the other end, I mean, slippery slope. Those Swedish fish. Can that bag disappear out of nowhere? <laughs> uh, if I get going on it pretty good, yeah, it sure can. Got to pace myself. I mean, you can say that with any candy. It's an unfair question to ask if that candy's a slippery slope because any candy. Yeah. We've all been to the movies. Yep. <laughs> Yep, gotta be, gotta pace. I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm getting to that point now where I gotta start watching. The waistline is not as, uh, doesn't take care of itself like it used to when I was younger. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that way. I'm 29 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. Actually, you saying that? I'm like, shit. I got, no. I got, I got buttons popping off my slacks nowadays. Good thing I'm not at work and I'm wearing sweatpants every day. Gonna get worse. So you just beat your heads up there, Shoop. You know, it, uh, you start getting to be my age, and uh, it, it gets a little more of a challenge. All righty. All right. How about you, Joe? Favorite snack? Yeah, I'm just, I'm a simple guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretzel guy and I'm a big pistachio guy. Like I, I could sit there and I could watch any show and just eat like 
three big bowls of pistachios without realizing that they're even gone. Um, so I think the Amazon guy thinks that I'm crazy because I'll just order like pound bags from Amazon, like probably twice a week <laughs> and just keep going. But right, no, so, the question, so the question, Joe, is what do you do with the shells? Do you just pile them up like on the coffee table or do you put them in like, do you bring an extra coffee cup? You know, like, or do you just like throw them up? Like, what do you, that, that's the problem with pistachios. You got to account for the shell factor. I'm a two, I'm a two bowl guy. So I'll have a separate bowl for, for the, uh, for the shells. That's a veteran move right there. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's this is my first rodeo. Offense. Yeah. This is my first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Maniac, let's hear it. Uh, my snack, I mean, if you've been following me, I've been killing the Red Baron pizza game. I mean, honestly, Red Baron should just invest in me. I shouldn't be investing in them because I'm spending enough at this point. What's been really killing me, though, a la Paul, the Skittles. I, I bought I bought a 60-pack. I thought, like, you know, okay, I'll go slow with, like, the little bags. All of a sudden, I'll wake up in the morning. There will just be, like, three Skittles bags on me. I'll be, like, hungover. I'll just be, like, what's going on? What's happening? I'll be, like, sweaty. Be terrible. The Skittles get the best of me, Al. What, what about you? As the popcorn and mustard, is that where we're going? Sorry, anywhere oh, else? That was a Jenna Cottrell, very weird thing. Let's not get Popcorn and mustard? Joe, like I said, let's not even get there. Jenna Kalari. Jenna popcorn Kalari. and hot sauce. That's, that's a move right there. Popcorn and hot, hot sauce, I love. Joe, I'm a big pretzels and mustard guy, by the way, too. Hot mustard, Weber's. But my go-to snack right here, popcorners kettle they are my number one snack during this quarantine every time i go to wegmans it's at least two to three bags every time man no one makes snack and look as good as you al i'll say that <laughs> so addicting all right paul next question favorite drink cocktail beer during quarantine uh you know um if it's non-alcoholic i drink a lot of iced tea like i tried to not drink pop anymore and soda so and i don't know that iced tea is a whole lot better but so but now now the variation on that is i'll buy like a jug of unsweetened iced tea and i'll buy like one of those things a lemonade and do like the homemade arnold palmer so that's okay that's uh uh alcoholic version um my daughter got me into drinking moscow mules so those i'm into those wow. lately and i'll make those like we she bought me she bought me like the uh, the copper mugs and stuff oh, so we'll that's the you gotta do it Joe, or uh, Paul, are you pouring doubles? Uh, it depends on the mood. Okay. The Pexcow mules. Paul, let me, let, me, let me teach you something. Uh, are you a Loganberry fan? Not really, Joe. Uh, all right. Well, there's a <clears throat> Crystal Beach mule. You mm -hmm. take, instead of the lime juice, you put a shot of Loganberry syrup right in there. All right. It's, I'm going to try that. It's a good that move. That sounds good. It's a good move. The standard Moscow Mule is really good, but I know that you can go places and they've started to tinker with them a little bit with different stuff in them, and that nothing wrong with that. There you go. Crystal Beach Mule, you, you heard it here first. All right. All right, Joel, let's hear it. Non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic. <clears throat> non-alcoholic. Um, I'm, I'm with Paul here. I don't really drink pop anymore. Um, I'm just a, like a water guy, or I have a uh, – I always buy a case of Diet Snapple. Um, love the raspberry – Diet Snapple. It's like my favorite non-alcoholic drink, probably. Um, and as for alcohol, I've gotten into bourbon lately. Um, oh, I have. Um, Little Angels Envy. That's that's one of my favorites. It's and it's you know it's, it's not too expensive, so I'll sit there and have have a glass, um, sitting outside on the porch, you know, just enjoying it. Oh. Uh, better. I'm, I'm a wine guy too. I mean, my last name ends in a vowel, so I'm a red wine guy. <laughs> All right, Maniac. Nothing wrong with being a red wine guy. Uh, Non-alcoholic, I've gone back to the OG love, the lemon-lime Gatorade. I used, I, you know, I flirted around with cool blue in my post-grad years. Obviously, it's a nice flavor, but you got to go back to where the heart is during 14. I don't want to mess around. Sticking with the uh, lemon-lime. And then for drinking, same thing. Staying in the wheelhouse, Tito's Vodka. Did it, had about uh, six or seven for the UFC fight on Saturday. Great Saturday night. Okay. Al, Al, unleash it on him. Let him know. Let him know. Okay. All right, here's the deal. We're going to go non-alcoholic water. I'm drinking at least probably six to seven pint glasses a day. Like, I normally never drink that much water. I'm starting by 8, 8.30 in the morning. By noon, I have four. And then usually after that, I have a couple more. Um, alcoholic, 
<laughs> it's within reach, folks. Shots of Grey Goose. It's a beautiful drink. Cheers, boys. Train wreck tonight is back. <laughs> Speaking of going back to your roots, who could forget the OG Studio D setup with the uh, with all the bottles of Goose labeled? What a move! Oh my God, my girlfriend made me get rid of all of them. Done. They're gone. All the memories. Like this guy won the Masters final four weekend. Music on main round three. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paul. Final question for you guys. Favorite thing to do during quarantine that doesn't have to do with the screen? Crossword puzzles. I've been doing crossword puzzles. Like, I'll print them out of the newspaper or whatever, and you can do them online. Do my, But I just – I print them out, and, like, that kills an hour of my day while I'm watching TV or you got the news on or whatever. And and uh, so, so yeah, like, that's, that's my thing now is uh, I've become, like, a crossword puzzle addict. Okay. There you go. I – so that doesn't involve a screen. Um, I've been reading a little bit, um, which is enjoyable. Uh, I've been bike riding a ton. That's that's like been my thing. Is I, I've bike rides like I've gone down to like the Peace Bridge area. Like I've gone on like thirty mile bike rides. Um, that's been a lot of fun. And then I I've been doing like dumb little crafts around my house, like hanging stuff. Um, so that that that's been fun. My, I mean, my backdrop doesn't look as good as Paul's, but um, I'm trying to get there. The over your shoulder there, that's some solid like picture framing out and sizing and yeah, everything that, looks that's pretty all, straight. All my, my two nieces and my nephew and then, you know, right here got a couple family things and picture of my mom up there. So, you know, just trying to do it big over here. Are those all the Nike picks, Joe? What? I mean, we know you love the nieces and, and nephews and the Nikes. Oh yeah, they're all in Jordans. Yeah, that, that's Jordans, the, first, yeah, sorry. the first present that I bought um, my sister, both of my two older sisters, when they told me that they were pregnant, were pairs of uh, baby Jordans because every kid should have a pair of Jordans to start their life with. No <laughs> doubt, just like Paul Peck's man cave, it's something to aspire to. These Jordans. There you go. I'm a man of simple taste. Not trying to show off during this quarantine. I know it might be a little bit, you know, cliche, but going with my dog. Nice. There you go. Prince Philip, you know, to him, nothing's changed in the world. He still goes outside. He still poops. He still walks wherever he wants. He still whatever he does. So it's kind of a nice escape every time I take him for a walk. I think my dog got sick of us like about a month ago. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, I really think like the dog, like, in, you know, he enjoyed his quiet time or whatever. And he's like, these people are always here. Like, they, I never, I'm never <laughs> alone anymore. Like, leave me alone. I, I really think we hit the wall there for a while. It was nice for them for, like, a week or two, right, Paul? Like, they enjoyed it for a week or two. And then after a while, they kind of just give you a look like, is this ever going to end? Yeah. Another walk? We have to go on another walk? I got to go, Paul, like you just said it, walk. I'm a guy. I don't get a lot of exercise typically. I don't. I'll admit it. I go to the gym, like, once every two months. And this <laughs> quarantine, I'm in the best shape of my life. My favorite activity without a screen is going on a walk. I'm in walking distance of a liquor store, a <laughs> consumers, a Wegmans. Everything is right here. So it kind of defeats the purpose, though. Right. Hey, no, no. My favorite thing to do is walk. I'm within walking distance of a liquor store, consumers, <laughs> Wegmans. <laughs> it's a great workout walking up to consumers putting that 12-pack in your backpack and jogging back. You have you an extra like in high school again. You know, extra couple pounds on your back. It's a good workout. I'm sweating by the time I get back. So that's my biggest thing, 100%, is during these past two months, I've dropped six to seven pounds. I'm getting more exercise. I'm walking more. Uh, I love it. So uh, you know what? We're going to switch this up. Sports talk. Paul, we're going to start with you. Sports are back this past weekend. UFC, NASCAR, Bundesliga. So, Paul, I want to ask you, what do you see happening this year with American sports? I mean, do you see the NHL and NBA playoffs happening? What about college sports? Just want to get your perspective. You know, I, I, I just – I don't know, guys. I mean, you know, we've all read a thousand scenarios, and they've all changed. And like I said, maybe the last week or so you're feeling a little bit better as colleges are starting to indicate they're going to open and things are happening around here. And, you know, but I, I just – 
you know, then on the flip side, you could say, all right, bring all the football guys back and we're going to test them three days a week. And then what happens if your quarterback tests positive on a Friday? Then what do you do? Are you playing the game? Are you not? Uh, is the other team going to not want to play against you? Um, you know, um, you want to bring all the baseball teams together in Arizona or whatever. Well, all right, but now you got to have all those people that work at the hotels and all those people that serve the food and all those people that drive the buses. Like, they've got to be part of this whole thing too, you know? And I just heard today the Canadian border is going to be closed for another month. So now how are you going to play hockey if you can't cross the border? So. I just, I just don't know. I mean, obviously the sports you mentioned, some of them can be played, um, you know, without fans or without, you know, because there's just not as much interaction, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, again, I'm encouraged that we're starting to get ourselves out of this a little bit and, you know, and maybe by sometime in June, you know, you'd feel good enough to bring football teams back to start working out and Joe can go back to coaching and get his guys together. But um, I just don't know. And, and, and the, and the other question is you're going to play, but are you going to play in front of fans? You know, are, are you going to, are you even going to think about that? Are you going to do half the stadiums? Uh, yeah. There's so many questions. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think that the professional ranks, there's a better chance that they come back. Cause if you put, take football, for example, if you take these 53 guys that are on the roster and you tell them they can't leave this hotel and the people who are in the working at the hotel, they can't leave but you're paying these guys $15 million, they're going to do it. But if you take the scenario you just said, even about college football, and it, you're saying, my, my thought is that no higher ed is going to go back in the fall. I really don't think that they're going to. I think they're going to do all online learning in the fall. That's just a personal thought. And if that's the case, you can't say to the football players that you have to come back, but it's not safe enough for everybody else, but you have to come back. And, oh, by the way, we're not going to pay you. Um, even though we're going to make all this money off your TV deal. So I, it's going to be interesting to see if they, if they do that scenario, they're going to have to compensate these college football players. This is going to expedite that whole uh, college guys getting paid to do certain things um, because there's a safety issue that, that is at hand too. So it, it'll be interesting. I think that if, that, if one league that's got, that got stopped is going to come back, it'll probably be the NBA first. Um, there's less guys. Um, and, and I think that those guys, really, the, the, the players, I think want to come back, or at least the top guys want to come back. Um, and a guy like LeBron James, if he says he wants something to get, to get done, those guys are going to all listen to him and they're all going to come together and they're all going to figure out a way to finish the season and then do some type of modified playoffs. So I think the NBA probably is the first to come back. Yeah, I think Joe, exactly what you said. NBA, less players on the roster, a little easier to social distance, obviously. And Paul, like you said, the borders being closed for the next month throws a huge wrench in anything the NHL is trying to do. And then on top of everything, with college athletics, I mean, I don't know how closely you guys are following, like, some of the bigger head coaches, obviously, in the NCAA. James Franklin and Mike Gundy are, like, both talking about coming back and playing like I don't know if you heard Mike Gundy's comments like a week ago like they were crazy like he was talking about revenue for the state of Oklahoma being like imperative from the state from Oklahoma State he did retract those comments a little bit but you just see such a difference in perspectives that I think with how widespread college athletics is it's very very much a possibility you'll see certain schools just like not to come back and that's that's the big difference and like you talked about it at the power five level there's a lot of money on the line and they'll you know and you know again i think at one point there was a blanket rule that if there's no students there won't be any sports but i think now you're seeing well we'll bring 10 percent of our students back which now means we've got kids on campus so now at alabama and auburn and okie state we can play you know they'll do what they need to do if the decision is to bring football back now you know is that going to be like that in the mid-american conference are those schools going to be willing to do it you know i mean are you know are are uh is UB at the mercy of what happens throughout the entire state of New York? Um, you know, these are all good questions, you know, and, and I think you're going to see football in the major, I think the SEC is going to play and they're not really going to care what anybody thinks and they'll figure out some way to make it happen. But what happens in the PAC 12, if the California schools don't play, are you, how are you going to have a conference? How are you going to play? Um, you know, are, are other smaller, less non-power five schools going to be into that same boat? 
Um, there's a lot of questions we answered, and Joe said it accurately. It's one thing for the pros. It's a very different story for college athletics. Um, you know, the pros are driven by TV revenue and money and professional and all that other stuff. That's not the case in college. So I think the rules are going to be different. So wait, real quick, Paul, you're saying you could see the SEC playing yeah. and other power fives not. I, I could see the, I, you know, the SEC is in a different part of the country where this thing hasn't nearly been as bad. There's a different mindset and there's, and, and let's be honest, football is 80% of the athletic department revenues. It, it you know, generates incredible amounts of money. Um, they're going to figure out what they need to do, in yeah. my opinion, to make it happen. When you're in a different situation, a different part of the country, I think there's going to be different rules and a different challenge. No, I agree 100%. Joe, i got a quick question for you. I was watching Ricky Fowler, Matthew Wolf, Dustin Johnson, and Roy McIlroy this past weekend. How excited are you for Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson this weekend? Yeah, uh, I'm, be great. I'm so excited for it. Um, and I love all the banter that's going back and forth, too, with these guys on social media and all the interviews that they're doing. Um, I was laughing pretty hard when they interviewed Brady about it. And he's like, yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of beating Peyton. I'm just glad that I'm not facing off against Eli. Um, <laughs> which I, like, like that's funny. It's great. I, and it, the, all, they're going to raise a ton of money um, for good cause. I'm going to be tuning in. I'm super excited to watch it. Um, obviously I'm going to have to go with, with Brady's team. And real if, you quick, if you haven't had a chance to see the uh, Peyton Manning um ESPN plus, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the football stuff that he did when he did the one with Brady, where they went to Jim Nance's house at Pebble beach and hit golf balls. The, the banter between the two of them was awesome. I can only imagine how much better it's going to be this weekend. It's oh, incredible. And I like how they're, and I like how they're uh, changing the rules up too. Um, they're going to do every other shot for, I think for the first nine holes. Um, and they're, they're switching up the rules. So it's not just a typical, you know, golf where there's so much time and so much wasted, uh, it's going to be made for TV is what, I, what I'm trying to say. It's going it's to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, those guys will be mic'd up, and, and they're definitely going to be playfully talking. Um, and I'm sure wagering a little bit, too, on the side. I'm more invested in the wagering and the talking than the actual playing. Is that is I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean come on. These guys, got, these guys got a lot of dollars to throw around. I want to see, like, 10K on a closest to pin shot. Yeah, 10K, that's nothing to these guys. Yeah, that's, that's tissue paper. Right. That's, that's like me throwing down a, a $200 future at the creek. But, Joe, final question about Brady real quick before we get into some last, or last dance talk <laughs> is Tom Brady, how – he is an animal on social media. Yeah. Like, does he got a team doing this? Is this all him? Like, he's yeah. phenomenal at what, at what he's putting out. It's, it's great stuff. Well, he's got a team doing it, um, and I think that you've seen, like, the evolution of his career and how comfortable he is talking to people and talking about what's going on. And now that he's, now that he's outside of, of the Patriots organization, like, he's just opening up, and, and everything is about his company. It's about his business. It's about everything, and he's really trying to, I think, I, I mean, football people know his image already, and they respect it, but I think he's trying to globalize his brand and his image, and um, so social media is just such an easy way to do that um so he's got a team working for that and, and kind of just building his brand so that when he does retire from the game of football um his legacy will continue to grow after that did you guys see that big ben video <laughs> i did really I'll big ben it. video yes yeah it was awesome the question is does lakata have his tom brady bucks jersey yet I still don't. I got my – so I bought the Patriots one, too, because it was, like, 70% off, and I got it for, like, 50 bucks. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get it and put it in my closet, and, you know, it's, it's something to have. Um, but my Bucks jersey still has not come in yet. I'm not happy about that. A lot of issues with UPS, FedEx during this tough time. But let's get into the last dance. Joe, we know how much you love it. Let's start with Paul. Paul, I know you just finished it recently. What were your thoughts on the last dance? Well, I mean, it, it was awesome. It was amazing. You know, and even from a television production standpoint, to think that all that footage was taken in 1998 and literally sat in a warehouse for 15 years because nobody could figure out what to do with it. And then all of a sudden, 
to say, okay, look at what we've got here. I mean, the stuff behind the scenes stuff was amazing. And, you know, and you just, you got a, a view of his life that you would have never gotten had someone not thought of doing that in 1998. And then now as, as with time and, and Jordan's sort of understanding about his legacy and his willingness to sit down and talk about all this stuff. I thought it was great. I, you know, I mean, you don't have to convince me. You didn't have to convince me on how great Michael Jordan was. I, I lived that. I saw that. Um, but, but to learn some of the things about him and to learn how driven he was and all the side stories and the relationships and things, um, I love that inside kind of stuff. You know, I love being taken places that normally you don't get to go. And I thought that's what the best part of, of the show was. And I hope that for a younger generation that didn't get to really experience who Michael was as a player, um, they'll know when old guys like me and Joe will absolutely not back down in the Michael versus LeBron argument. I think those, that younger generation of which you guys are part of that too, um, after watching the last dance go, yeah, you kind of might be right there. <clears throat> Not Paul, I agree with you totally. I, I, the, the way the director and, and the producers, the way they jumped timelines and told the stories um, was just incredibly done. So the actual documentary itself, um, you look at it from the, the filmography is just incredible, just super well done. Um, and to your point about the, those films staying in, in some warehouse somewhere, Apparently, Michael Jordan had to sign off on allowing them uh, to be released. So when they were thinking about filming everything, he said yes. And I think David Stern was one of the first ones that said, all right, we film this whole thing. You're the one that's going to okay it to be released, which I thought is cool. And it kind of speaks to um, how impactful and how important he was and is <clears throat> to the game of basketball and just how he's a cultural icon. Yeah, I don't, I don't, Joe, I don't know if it was a permission thing or not. I just think he had to wrap his head around being able, being willing to sit down and talk about his life. And maybe it took 20 years for that to happen as we get older and we start to reflect on what our legacies are and stuff. Maybe that, maybe that had a lot to do with it too. Maybe Michael was tired of hearing people say that he isn't the greatest player of all time and said, wait a minute, let's, let me set the record straight in my own kind of way. Well, the, the rumor is that he said yes to it the day of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, yeah. uh, parade. Um, so when LeBron was celebrating his championship with the Cavs, he, he said yes to it, that he'll sit down and he'll do it. Um, so, no, it, it, was, it was incredible. There, there's just an insight into, into how things were done um, that I thought were super impressive to watch. I love Phil Jackson and MJ. They were, they were the perfect pair as leaders. Because Phil Jackson was this sensei, like, you know, let's let's work through things, talk through things. He was almost a softer leader. And then MJ was the driving, I'm going to hold you accountable, uh, and I'm going to grab your hand and pull you along if I have to. Um, and, and I thought that those two guys as leaders worked off of each other. That was awesome to watch. Um, but the, the, the sneaker culture kind of, that episode was awesome. The dream team stuff was awesome. Um, and my favorite Jordan storyline is him overcoming the Pistons and what it took to overcome them. Um, so I thought that that was really cool to see too. His, his incredible ability to find motivation in anything is the thing that jumped out at me. You know, I mean, you know, George Carl walks by him at the restaurant, doesn't say hello. <laughs> done Michael is so pissed off he wants to kill him you know and and, and the, the Brian Russell comment you know from the one over the weekend it's like it could have been anything he just anything. needed something and Paul Paul gotta ask you real quick I mean you saw Dennis Rodman they had at one time had to sneak him out of the arena so the media <laughs> couldn't talk to him did you ever ever have to deal with that? Like, did Reggie Witherspoon ever have to, like, sneak <laughs> Turner Battle out of, like, Alumni Arena so he didn't have to answer questions from Paul Peck after he No, game? I don't recall that happening, but it, it certainly happened a little bit with some of the Bills and the Sabres, you know. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll take you back to my very early days in Buffalo being a, a little bit a part of trying to cover the Alexander McGilney story. 
you know, when, when he defected and, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't an expert in international customs and things like that, but you're trying to figure out how to explain this. And then the, and then he didn't want to talk to the media and the Sabres were really reluctant. So there was a little bit of that. Chris Drury was a guy you always had to figure out. You'd camp at the back door because he just didn't want to talk uh, after games. And, you know, and there's been Bill's players that have been Willis McGahee and Marshawn Lynch. So, you know, with experience, you start to figure out where you can go to grab those guys or what, you know, uh, what, what are the best places. So that, that's always a fun part of the media job is a little bit of that back and forth. Oh, no doubt. And uh, Joe, you got anything else about this last dance? I mean, my, my biggest thing was no chance at a seventh ring. Like, just the way that, like, the GM and the ownership and how that was driven into their heads. Like, Phil, this is your last year. Michael, you don't want to play with Phil? This is your last year. Like, right. that just is so mind-boggling, like, in a social media era like today, that would never happen. Well, it, you're right. But at the same time, um, you know, Jerry Krause got a lot of blame for it. But at the same time, I mean, he, he constructed those teams. He did a lot of really good things. Um, now they they mentioned it. I don't know if they mentioned it at the end of it or if I was watching an interview after, but they said that they, they didn't want to turn out like the Celtics. The Celtics let their big three go for three years too long into the nineties. And Larry Bird was a shadow of himself. Um, and, and those teams were not ready for anything. I mean, those early, early to mid nineties Celtics teams were not very good. Um, so I think that was kind of in the back of their head too, was all right, let's stop this thing a year early just so we don't let it go too long. Um, it, you know, there's so many, there's so many questions. Would they have won their seventh? I, obviously, you can't pick against Michael Jordan. I mean, he's Michael Jordan. But you saw how tired those guys were at the end of a three-peat both times. Um, that, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of games that they've played. It's a lot of wear and tear on your body physically, mentally. I mean, you saw, you saw how MJ was just harassed everywhere he went. I mean, I read a story about he had to, he had to call grocery stores and rent them out for an hour so he could go into a grocery store alone with his kids. Um, I mean, he, he couldn't get away from it. And I think that explains kind of why he's been out of the public eye for so long um, within the last, you know, 15 years is because he was sick of that stuff. So uh, can you believe though, though, no social media, like he went through this era of not ha like he had all that to deal with. He had to go to Europe and deal with all those fans and every arena he had to go into, but like, that's how we have to use how you used to have to do it the old days. You, you, you had to, uh, you, you know, you had to come up with your own opinions or you had to figure out where to go to try to see those players and things like that. I'm glad that now who knows if they don't want a seventh, who knows, but, but I, I think it's a different story if they come back for another year and they don't win. I I, you know, I think, the, and I think there's some symmetry to the, the, the three Pete twice, you know, I, 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 I kind of like it. And, and Joe's right. I mean, that, that's what, you know, that's what Bill Belichick has become famous at is knowing, and maybe he did it with Brady. We'll find out of getting rid of guys before they fall off and getting the most out of them instead of waiting too long for reasons, sometimes other than performance based. Yeah. I, I do have to ask you, Paul, what is your favorite MJ moment? Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you just, you forget how many of them there were, Joe, how many game winners there was, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the ELO one, uh, the, you know, the, the Brian Russell one, cause it's fresh in my head in the Utah game. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I go back to being in college when he hit the shot to beat Georgetown and, you know, and you, you kind of knew he was this incredible transcendent player and, you know, and, and always to me in, in, in having watched sports as much as I have is that clutch gene is what we all love and what we all feel like separates the, 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 the best of the best from even the very good and the great. And was there ever a point out, there were a couple times when he didn't hit shots, but was there ever a point when, when his team needed him or when Michael needed to say to himself, I'm going to win this game for us tonight myself. And most of the time he did it. That to me is what separates even the, the great players from the superstars. I mean, that's what you heard. You heard Dennis Rodman kind of say that. Like, I'm just going to walk up court and I'm going to go stand underneath the hoop because I know he's shooting this thing. Um, so, no, that was great. My, my favorite individual play is him spinning baseline and dunking over Ewing against the Knicks. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. That's one of my – that's my favorite all-time MJ play. Um, and then my favorite moment, you guys are going to laugh, 
but it was on my birthday. My dad takes me to see the premiere of Space Jam. <laughs> in 96 wow. it's my favorite mj moment of all time um because he was on the big screen and i already knew who he was and i was obsessed with him but that was kind of the cultural impact of him like it was just beyond basketball and it was something that i kind of bonded with my dad about was was basketball and mj and so that's my favorite mj moment the first time you were on train wreck tonight you uh you said that you hated the idea of a sequel to space jam which is on the way and we played you the uh, Jock Jams as your intro when you came up. <laughs> but no, the idea of the sequel. they're going to ruin it. Not just MJ's ability. Two things that were good and great that I'm so glad this doc put on display. The trash talking, not just to Scotty Burrell, not just to Danny Ainge on the golf course. When he beat Larry Bird and the Pacers in game seven in heartbreaking fashion and then sees him after the game, and then just says that, like, I'm not going to say it for, for our PG viewers out there, but just unbelievable. I messaged Joe. I was in tears, honestly, that it happened. Uh, and the music. You had Dr. Dre. You had NWA. You had all kinds of music, awesome for the 90s. But I don't know if any music was better than me. Obviously, the Bulls intro music is in its own caliber. But Fat Boy Slim right here, right now, while you watch MJ in slow-mo is on another level. It's on another level. How about his license? You know what stuck with me? His license oh. plates. The, yeah. the Porsche had air. Didn't he have three Pete as another one of his license plates? That's a great one. Bar Barstool is actually selling T-shirts. That's awesome. With the Illinois license plates on them that, that have it. That, and, and you're thinking, like, who in the DMV in Illinois is reserving air just for Michael Jordan. Like, don't you okay. think a lot of other people, like some guy, you know, from Skokie is the first one on the list to get air as his license plate, and somebody's going, no, 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 you can't have that one. That's incredible. And I know we're wrapping it up, but how about the flu game becoming the order to pizza in Utah at 11.56 p.m. game? First of all, you should was not Jordan hung over. Was Jordan hungover? Hold, here's the deal. You should not be ordering a pizza on the road. So the, 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 story, yeah. the story is his entire entourage went out to dinner. Jordan had a shoot around. Jordan goes to meet them at dinner. They had already ordered, so he doesn't eat there. He's, he's pissed off. They come back to the hotel. They're playing cards, smoking cigars, doing their thing. 10 o'clock rolls around. He orders. A, he says, I'm hungry. I order a pizza. Orders the pizza. The pizza gets there. Jordan spits on the entire pizza and says, you guys didn't wait for me. You don't get any of this pizza. So he spat on the entire pizza. That's why nobody else ate it. So I saw an interview with the guy on Colin Cowherd's show today who claims he was the one that yeah. made and delivered the pizza. And he said he was a Bulls fan. His, middle, his kid's named after his kid's middle name is Jordan. So he said, anybody that thinks that I did anything to the pizza to make Michael Jordan sick is wrong. Um, but it was pretty cool. Like this, you know, this guy's, you know, in whatever, in his 40s now and whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm the one that was working at Pizza Hut in Utah and made the pizza. And he said they knew – they knew it was the Bulls. They didn't know it was Jordan because they knew the Bulls were staying at the hotel and somebody, I guess, from the team called. So they, that's why a whole bunch of the guys went over there because they thought they were going to get a chance to meet some of the Bulls, but they didn't know it was for Jordan. That's what he said. There was a crazy moment, too, where they showed a blonde Indiana Pacers fan screaming to show, like, what kind of fans the Indiana Pacers fans were, obviously, in the late 90s. And she was on Twitter. She's a TV anchor in Indiana now, in the present day. Oh, my so God. That was insane. Yeah, if you look at that, like, it was hysterical. She, like, she does, like, the Vanderbilt games or something, too. Like, so it was, it was very funny. A lot of connections. Be, be careful what you do back in those days, right, Shoop? Just be careful what you do when you're on camera back in the day. Careful what we're doing now. Shoop's thinking <laughs> about all those uh, trips to Cleveland. <laughs> I know where I'm ordering Paula double at a bar. That's after right. Let's hope there's no it. video from the Harry Buffalo that exists anywhere that'll come back to haunt me. <laughs> all right, all right, Paul. Hey guys, my final last dance question before we get to Maniacs trivia game is: Joe, Paul, have you guys joined Brad Ryder's poker game at 1 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go first. I have not. Didn't even know he was doing it. Maybe I'll look into into joining it. Do I have to order a pizza while I do it, though? <laughs> you might have to. 
Paul, have you played yet? I have not. I'm not a big poker player, but because it's Brad and it's probably a riot, I, I might actually have to do it one of these days. It looks fun. I mean, Tim Graham's involved. I mean, it's got to be high stakes. These guys are having a good time. 1 a.m. weeknights. Stay up that's late. Cause, that's because that's about the time Brad can get his kids to bed. Fair. All right, Maniac, let's go. Okay. So, folks, we got the train wreck trivia game. So, like I said to you at the introduction of the show, we're going to ask you trivia questions about train wreck sports. Now, here's the twist. Al didn't know that he's going to be in the game as well, and he'll be competing against you guys. The questions he has to answer is information that you provided us when you were originally on train wreck sports over two, three years ago, episode 23 and 26. So everyone's in. It's one point per round. You guys are going to have some questions that are for both of you and then some questions that are individual. Some are multiple choice. Each question's worth one point. Is anyone confused? Is everyone ready to go? Let's roll. So am I in, I'm in every round? You're, you're, well, everyone's getting a question, yes. Okay. Okay, so first we're going to start with Joe and Paul, okay? This is a true or false. It's worth one point. You can both answer. There's no, like, time limit or anything. True or false? Trainwreck had at least temporary press access to both the Bills and Sabres in 2019. I'll say true because you guys are you're legit. Yeah, I would say true also. Al, did they get that right? False. No, that Uh-oh. was true. Get out of here with your ridiculousness. You both got a point. Okay, now it's time for Al's question, okay? Which of these was not a topic we discussed with Paul in his original appearance on the show? Where he liked to party in Syracuse? His accomplishments at Channel 4? The correct pronunciation of Khalil Mack? (laughs) And whether or not Rex Ryan would be staying post-2016? Which of these was not a topic we discussed with Paul? Where he liked to party in Syracuse? Accomplishments at Channel 4? Pronunciation of Cleo Mack or Rex Ryan staying? Accomplishments at Channel 4. Yep, we did not talk about his accomplishments at Channel 4 at all. We decided to just gloss right over those. All of his, you know, well done, the Super Bowl run, all of his great time there. We just glossed over it. Good job, Al. One point for everybody. Paul, you know what? what? You the, the Khalil Mack thing still freaks me out. And Joe, uh, Joe can attest to this. Like for his entire career, we called him Khalil and never thought anything about it. And then all of a sudden I'm watching a Bills Raiders game and it's my buddy from college, Ian Eagle, doing the game and he's calling him Khalil. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell is that? Like wh- where, what is going on? So after the game, I text Ian. I'm like, Ian, I'm like, I did his games for four years. I called him Khalil the whole time. What is that? He goes, oh, he told us in the production meeting that that's how he really wants his name to be pronounced. It was like, it like, it not only blew me away, it pissed me off because I realized I've been doing it wrong for four years. Hey, doing it wrong for four years sounds like my time at Syracuse University. We're Joe, what's the deal? Is he, Joe, has he ever said anything to you about it? He, he never. He never has said anything, but – I started paying attention to it, like, as of recent, wh- how he introduces himself, and he does say Khalil. That's a joke. How could we have gotten it wrong for so long? It's like Tarod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor. Right. Yeah, Tarod, <laughs> Tarod. Don't forget uh, K- Khalil Mack, former <laughs> or current Trainwreck Sports intern still. He's still a Trainwreck Sports intern, so shout out to him. Okay, so let's say this one, this one is going to be for Paul. Where was Trainwreck's first live show? I'll give you a hint. It was for the 2017 NFL draft. Okay. It was the, it, it was the place on transit, right? Because weren't like because Sylvester and I were doing our thing at Santor's, and it was like you guys were billeted as some battle of transit road or something, right? It's multiple choice. You got four options: Rock Bottom, Grandma Mora's, Poppy Grande's, or Clarence Bowling Academy. Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom is correct. The Battle of Transit Road. I actually forgot about that. That's amazing that Paul just said that. The Battle of Transit Road. God, I can we... probably remember more stuff about Lakata's games from 2014 than that. That <laughs> stuff is just clogged full of my head. So God, we, we hated Peck and Sylvester that night. Oh, they were going down, for sure. We, we had to have the better Who's show. Who Joe? What'd you say, Joe? Who won the, who won the Battle of Transit? Oh, we won it. We destroyed it. Rock bottom. 
It wasn't even close. But we didn't talk about it. It was like, you know, when you stop, like, when you get a running clock at the end of a certain games, Joe, you know. You know how it is. All right, Joe. This one is for you. You cannot use Amherst Alehouse. Name one former or current Trainwreck Sports sponsor. Poppy Grandes. Al Judges? All right, all right. They were yeah, we did do advertising. We, we did more shows, but we did throw in some ads for them for sure. So we'll look at them. That's good. That's good. That's good. They're, they're both at two. Now we will go to Joe Licata football. Oh, that's true. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't a former target of Joe Licata's work at Poppy Grande's? Yeah. That is Stronger, smarter, wiser. The, the, the best, and Paul, you've had some great calls over the years. My, fa- my personal favorite is bigger, faster, stronger, wiser. When, when Matt a- scored, um, so Matt Weiser still, he coaches with me over at Time and Now, and the kids will be sitting in study hall, and they'll be Googling mine and Matt's highlight films, and so, you know, we'll go into practice, and we'll be screwing around, I'll throw a pass to Matt, and they'll go bigger, faster, stronger, nice. faster. Now, I had, a, I had a couple more ready, and I don't think he ever scored any more touchdowns after I came up with uh, bigger, tougher, stronger, wiser, or whatever it was. So, uh, oh, speaking of wiser and calls, one of my all-time kookiest calls was ever was a Matt Weiser touchdown that I think you threw him at Eastern Michigan in the first game. So, we're going into Eastern Michigan, first game on the gray turf. And oh, this is, miserable. what, 2014, somewhere this 15? Qu- Quinn's last game. Right. So that's right. So yeah, it was an ugly game that we don't really remember, but so I'm thinking gray turf and the, the, there was a prominent movie at the time that had gray in the title. And I'm like, can I do this? Will it, can it happen? I like, I even asked my buddy Tariko, I'm like, can I do this? Is it cool? He goes, yeah, do it. So I had it like locked and loaded and ready that if Joe had thrown a touchdown from anywhere from the 50 to the 40, it, I was going to use the call. And wouldn't you know it, from midfield, he hits Weiser, I think, on a seam down the middle. Yeah. And it was Matt Weiser covers 50 shades of gray for the Buffalo touchdown. <laughs> That's a great one. That That's is pretty one. good. I never heard that one. I yep. like your Joey Banks pick six one last year against, uh, was it against CMU or Temple? Uh, Temple, that was the, the, that was the a deposit, right? Bank deposit? Yeah. The banks got to have fun with this stuff, right? You know, I mean, it's like I entertain myself, I think, sometimes just trying to come up with stuff. And, and the whole key is you got to kind of have think about it and have it ready, and then you yeah. may never use it. And if it comes up, you go, okay, I can drop this in here. So before we end this intermission, the one thing I did want to ask earlier, Paul, when you like, like when you trim your hedges or if you like mow your lawn and you do it perfectly, do you let out a bullseye? <laughs> Um, not generally, but it, maybe I should start. Maybe that would be a nice self-confidence booster. That's great. Oh yeah. You do everything with confidence. Okay. So you guys confident. You guys are two for two for so far. You both and Joe are at two points. Al with his second question coming up. Uh, This one could stump him. It's multiple choice. What school offered Joe Licata after he committed to UB, which he talked about on our show. Was it Pitt, Rutgers, UNC, or NC State? Joe looks kind of confused, which is worrying me. I don't is this question, who's this question for? This is for this Al. Is for Al. Oh. It was on our show. Joe, Joe mentioned it. It was a great brag. He could have, he, you know, he was, he was just flaunting it in front right, of him. One more time. One more time. What school offered Joe Licata after he committed to UB? Was it Pitt, Rutgers, UNC, or NC State? Mm, wow. Um, I'll go, god damn, NC State? Close, incorrect. Joe? I think. Um, it was, it was North Carolina. It was, I committed to UB, like, right after exams my junior year, and then a week after, they got into all that recruiting trouble, and one of their quarterbacks decommitted, um, so they sent me an email seeing if I was still interested. The coach called me and offered me a scholarship. Um, and I, had a, I didn't have to, but I turned it down. So you, you could have went to the same school as Michael Jordan. Yeah, and Mitchell Trubisky would have been my backup. <laughs> True. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Damn it. I love it. I love it. Hey, this is why it's tough. That's why we get starting quarterback of the Bears right now. That would be fun. And then I could have been teammates with with Khalil. That's right. Teammates with Khalil. Yeah, Khalil is Khalil. Khalil, that would have been a dream situation to reunite with his guy Joe. Okay, so two, two, and one for Al after he show after he shows the uh, first uh, chink in the armor there. So let's go, Paul and Joe. This question is for both of you. Uh, let's see, Sal Capaccio and Matt Bovey have both been on Trainwreck Sports multiple times, and so have you as well. Who is the only person? So you both have over three appearances on Trainwreck Sports. Who is the only other person? with more than two appearances on Trainwreck Sports, besides you guys. So I, I gave the Sal Capaccio and Matt Bovey examples because they've been on twice, but there's only one person besides both of you that have, have over two appearances on Trainwreck Sports. Al, oh. do you know it? I'll say Tim Graham, but I don't think that's correct. Paul? Boy, uh, I'll uh, I'll give the vote out to to my friend Jackie Walker. I know you've had her on at least once, but I don't know. That's a good question. I I I don't really know. I'll say Jackie, but I'm not sure that's right. Al, you got it. Those are both wrong. But <laughs> Those I are both wrong. But to be honest, I who's been on our show three times? I'll give Al a hint. He did he did an outdoor show with us. Oh, that's it. I know it then. I know it. That 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 was easy. Who is it? Nathaniel Geary. Nathaniel Geary. So no uh, points for Al, but no points for Paul and Joe right there. Al could catch up with this question. Here we go. When we had Paul on, we had actually really good original content, and we're kind of doing like our own thinking. We came up with the pecking order, where we had him order things that he liked in a certain order. Out of these mascots, who did Paul say was his favorite? Sabretooth. Billy Buffalo, Victory Bull, and Buster Bison. Which mascot did Paul say was his favorite? Look how excited Alice. Paul's favorite mascot out of the four major sports in Buffalo. Victory Bull, Sabretooth, Billy Buffalo, and Buster Bison. I'll go with... Uh, Very disheveled right now. I'll go with Billy Buffalo. <laughs> Billy Buffalo, incorrect. Paul? I don't even remember. Did did I resort to the home team and go with uh, victory for this no, one? No, you weren't, you weren't fully branded uh, bleeding blue <laughs> yet there. You said Buster Bison was your favorite. I, I, I personally think Buster Bison is the best one. He, he's, he's dope. I was, I was yeah. shocked when I listened yeah. to that, Paul. Hey, does Sabretooth still repel from the top of the no, he arena? Doesn't. If he did, anymore. I would have gone with that because that's superhuman. Paul, I was doing the scouting for this episode. I was shocked when I heard that answer. I thought, hey, I'm like, there's no way that would be Victor and Victoria Ebel. Now, Victoria S, who is, is sleeping now. <laughs> Don't get into that. We can't get into the details. So, wait, who, whose question was that? Okay, that was Al. He missed it. So, still 2-2-1. Two, two, We're going to the last question before any potential bonus round is necessary. Are you guys ready? Sure. Ready. How old is Trainwreck Sports? Whoever gets it closer with their guess wins. We're looking for – I can go down to years, months, and days, or years and months, or years, point, not, months. Are you asking me? No, no, no. You know how old it is. All right. Joe and Paul. Uh, since Joe went first on the last one, let's have Paul go first on this All one. All right. See, this is a question about how old are you or how old you act, because there's a very <laughs> difference there. They're, they're, those um, are basically the same. Those are basically yeah. the same. Wait, you know, I'm trying to think, like, when's the, is. Yeah, when's the first time that I saw Shoop in a cape? That's what I feel like that's <laughs> my – uh, That's going to be my – so I'm going to say 2014, six years old. All right, Joe, are you going with over or under six years old? It, it is 2014. I'm, like, 90% sure it's 2014. Because you guys, you guys talked to me my se going into my senior year, I think. Which was yeah, I slid, I slid in your DMs. Yeah, which was 15. So, <clears throat> I mean, I have the same year answer, but, do we, I mean, it was, a it was a football season, 
Or was it basketball? I think it was football season 14. So, I mean, it's six years. Well, it's five and a half years. All right. Give us the answer. Uh, you're both incorrect. Al? <laughs> you want me to give the like, correct answer? Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, guys. We have not even hit four years yet. Really? It's been the first time we actually created. They're probably thinking the first time they saw you being like crazy in the UB student section. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you might have seen me falling asleep somewhere at, uh, you know, UB Stadium. But no, Trainwreck Sports was August, September of 2016. Wow. Okay. So we're still at two, right. two, one. Al's last question. We'll just do the bonus round work, too, so we can uh, get the finality. Joe was talking a lot. Joe had a lot to say when he was on his first show with us. <laughs> Who was Joe's roommate when he was with the Buffalo Bills? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, the thing is, I know you, like, know all these answers. It's just literally on the fridge, which is great. Uh, hold on. He's got to have a time limit on this one. Yep. No, <laughs> ten seconds. Ten-second countdown. Ten-second countdown. In my head, I'll I'll give you five I seconds. I can't think of his name. It's the quarterback from uh the Ohio Three, State. Two, one, any guess? Cardell Jones. Cardell <laughs> Jones. Did he get it? He got it. It's twos going into the last round, folks. What a matchup here in Trade Rec Trivia. Oh. Brought to you by Amherst Alehouse. Okay, whose well, we got the bonus round. Whose teammate last season was the guy who took over for Joe Licata's quarterback. Is that the circle of life in, in the quarterback world, Joe? It, it certainly know. is. You know, there's so many connections. Football is so it's such a small world. Okay, so both of these are, are bonus questions tailored towards you both specifically about train wreck sports. We're going to go with Joe first. Joe, Nate, when we, in 2018, we joined you for a train wreck sports NFL draft Joe Licata camp. Four of us participated. Name three of the participants. You two. Burrs? No. Burrs was there filming. That so, counts. That's three. So, so, he, so he wasn't participating. He wasn't participating. Okay, he, uh, he didn't get hit by you in that in that that big bat. I I don't even know who who else was there. Because I only knew you two guys at the time. Actually, I really only knew Shoop at the time. Whoa. I didn't really know you that well, man. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is a, this is a great question, Maniac, though. This is great. I, I, I got the next one. You're going to love the next one. I was going to say Burrs, but I, so I guess I, I didn't get it. Incorrect. Topher or Petty we were looking for. Remember, uh, when, uh, remember when Topher got sacked in the pocket and you, like, yeah. followed him anyway? Yeah. Oh, that's it. Classic moment. Paul with a chance to seal this round heads up from Joe and, and to be honest, declare his train wreck supremacy. Paul, obviously, with all your acclaim, another another footnote in your historic career, host of Beat the Champ. A about a year and a half ago, Joseph Elbers qualified for Beat the Champ. What bowling alley did he qualify at and participate in? <laughs> uh, Niagara Falls Rapids Bowling Center, Niagara Falls. Judges, he got it! Wow. Rapids bowling alley. Wow. Well, they're like three times a year, so that was that had the best percentage of getting that right. That's impressive. Oh, Joe gets it, or there, Paul yep, gets it the, done for Joe Albert. Got the bowling pin. Got the bowling pin back there. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Paul, we, oh, we used to go twice a week in college because we weren't we were trying not to you know go out and party when we were in college. Um, so we'd get Very responsible. We get like ten guys and we go five on five and you know compete against each other. It was a lot of fun. Who was the best bowler? Probably me. Khalil. You're a Western New Yorker, so you kind of got that built. I in. was rolling I, like I rolled a two sixty nine. That was my high score. Um, I was like when I was playing when we were going a lot. I was like average around two hundred. 
But, I mean, if I went now, I'd be probably 150, somewhere around there. Nothing's better than watching offensive linemen try to bowl because, like, the ball looks like they're – it's like a ping-pong ball right. with those guys. And they don't really know how to do it, and they don't bend real well. So, it's like, oh, like, watching an offensive lineman bowl is, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. No doubt. They're chucking that ball. Al with a chance to tie Paul. Let's see how agonizing this bonus question is for him. During Joe Licata's episode, who was the show sponsor? All right, which 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 episode? Episode twenty-three. Jordan episode. Oh my God! This throw. This is such a throwback. Because it's a trick question, because I'll say it because Al would have said it already. For a lot of our early episodes, Diagostino's in Chictawaga was our our sponsor. But it's not that one for this episode. CBA. Final answer? Yes. Judges? Incorrect. Correct answer? Campa Bellows. Oh. <laughs> Your classic Campos. Shout out to Paul Peck, the first winner of the inaugural Trainwreck Trivia. Sometimes it just pays to be a pro, I guess. Give me uh, want like a certificate so I can put it on the Hall of Fame wall back here. If, if you'll put it on the wow. wall, we'll get one for you for sure. <laughs> Campa Bellows, episode 23. That's that's wild. Shout out for everyone for playing. Thanks, boys. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Wow. Paul Peck just defeated Joe Licata. I'm sorry. It's something non-athletic. Trust me. As uh, as Barkley said, you know, if you're going to lose in a gunfight, at least you lost the fastest gun to Michael Jordan. <laughs> Paul, I, you know what? You beat me. Who, who, who could run two miles faster, Paul or Joe? Oh, that's a tough call. I don't know. That's a tough call. Uh, he's got, Joe's got the younger, more athletic legs. I'm going to give it to him. Oof. We should have a newbie gauntlet. You have to run a la uh, two laps around the track, eat five Elmo's wings, and then sing the UB fight song. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds like Saturday night. Sounds All right. Like, there you go. Like That's we're, a we're doing it. We're doing episode. it when social distancing's done. Yep. That's it. Future episode of Trainwreck Sports. I'm in. All right, guys, let's end this show with some shout-outs. Paul, we'll, st we'll start with you. Who are you shouting out tonight? Well, uh, you know, hey, shout-out to, to everybody, particularly, you know, the people that are working in the hospitals and everything. I mean, you know, they've been amazing, and, and they're heroes to all of us. And, you know, we live in the sports world, and we love it, and people throw that word around for sports figures. And I think we've all learned over the last couple of months that the real heroes uh, – in our world are, are the people that are keeping us safe and, and thank them for doing that. And, uh, and hopefully we get all out of this and we can really thank them in person and, and buy them a couple of beers at a bar somewhere. Paul, Paul, Paul hit it on the head. Absolutely. Um, you know, shout out to everybody who's first responders and taking care of everything else. Um, but on a less serious note, I'm going to give a shout out to urban Meyer. Um, because he is responsible for the Khalil Mack game at Ohio State. Um, because on, I think Paul, you know this story on a on a on the Tuesday or Wednesday uh, <clears throat> pregame uh, press conference, they asked the Ohio State people asked him how he was going to stop Khalil Mack, and he he said who? He said how how are you going to stop Khalil Mack? He said I, I don't know who you're talking about. I said you know number 46 for Buffalo. And he said we're worried about what we're going to do. Um, we're not worried about anybody else over there. And Khalil goes on and has, you know, the best game in UB history, probably. Uh, pick six, uh, two and a half, I think, tackle for losses, was the best player on the, on the field. Should have had another one if not for a bogus call, remember? We I was just going to say that. Illegal hands in the face, bullshit. Yeah, worst call ever. We would have won that, that game. totally a Big Ten referee going, I can't, these guys, we can't let these guys take the lead in the worst. Didn't, 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 didn't a Big Ten ref go touchdown? Yeah. He said touchdown. I was fucking going nuts. <laughs> but I thought UB was like, oh my, dude, that I will never forget that. Me and my brother were in the stadium, 50-yard line. It looked like the, the, the ball was rolling at like the two, three-yard line. And then all of a sudden you see the ref go touchdown. I'm like, oh my God. 
We're at this, Joe. So, so then right after the game, um, I'm next to Khalil, and he runs across the field as the game ends and goes and shakes Urban Meyer's hand and says, Coach, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Khalil Mack. Nice. And so shout out to Urban Meyer for, for that performance by uh, number 46 for Buffalo that day. Who, uh, who has the Khalil Mack moment in the horseshoe this year? That, that's something fun we can think about. Is there that a, is a good one. I don't know. I be, Patterson, is it Jared Patterson ripping off a 75-yard touchdown run? I, mean, I, I think that initial is. level of defenders, they're playing a little too aggressive. He's special. Yeah, going to be fun. Let's, you know, let's hope that game goes down because I think we're all excited about going into a place where, where it's amazing to be, and then that'll bring all those memories of what Khalil did that day. You'll see that play – 50 times that week as you should, as you should. My brother actually is going to be a freshman in the fall going to OSU. So he's going to be there. So it'd be best of all worlds, obviously, if that game uh, was happening, it'd be great for uh, me. Shout out to the first responders. Shout out to uh, Paul and Joe for joining us and a shout out UB athletics hosts a record APR score, academic progress rate. I'm learning about, little acronyms that I never even knew existed, but this, they found out today, an all-time high score of 988. And who's leading the way? Coach Jack and the women's basketball team. Let's yeah. Hey, Hannah Hall's on SportsCenter tomorrow too. Uh, if you guys yeah. get a chance at uh, the noon SportsCenter, uh, telling her story of uh, mental health and everything. So that'll be cool, cool and fun to check out as well too. And boy, I'm just, I'm hoping football gets going because I think the Bulls are going to be uh, a, a, dynamo this year how good they're going to be talked to a couple people in the last few weeks some nfl people are like man that team is loaded can't wait to see them uh you know so let's hope uh, let's hope everything happens when it's supposed to and we can uh, watch the bulls go to kansas state and start one and oh get me to manhattan let's go <laughs> joe i gotta tell you you bringing up that moment was definitely the number one ub athletics moment until blake hamilton hit that three against Akron uh that Khalil Mack pick six hands down was literally like just being in Columbus in a sea of red and being able to turn around in front of all these fans be like that's what I'm talking about baby like everyone was like walking through the campus like who are you wearing a bull's like horns on your head and stuff like that so much fun but yeah like you said shout out first responders how about all the people that are grinding at Wegmans, Tops, Aldi, in Western New York, across the country, they have to deal with this on a consistent basis. I was someone who had to work at Wegmans for seven years. I couldn't imagine them being like, hey, we'll pay you an extra dollar an hour, you know, to work during this tough time. So, like, you know, I got a stepsister that's doing that. Pretty crazy. And shout out DJ Supreme, Ty B, continuing to grind at, from a producer perspective. But uh, Joe Licata, Paul Peck, Maniac, this feels great. It's been way too long. I haven't done a train wreck tonight in what months? All of I, I, you know, Paul, you're doing these, you know, interviews with UB players. Joe, you're doing stuff like this. is so great to be back, and it's great to have you two back. Who you guys were OG train wreck people. The old <laughs> rivalry days of Pack Lakata. Who's gonna have? I don't, have know, I don't know why that was ever uh, labeled yeah. as a rivalry. Yeah, I love Joe. There was no rivalry. No, it wasn't a rivalry between you two. It was more of who would get more appearances, and I love that stuff. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Great to have both of you back. Lakata, episode 23. Pack, episode 26. Just really good stuff. Phase one edition. Good night. <laughs>